Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Hello, everyone. It's Wednesday, and I'm back after missing last week. I'm glad to be back. I'm back in L.A. I was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and skiing with my two kids and my daughter's uh, boyfriend, and it was absolutely magic. I just can't say enough about it. It was just magic. For those of you who haven't been to Jackson Hole, it is so incredibly magnificent and the scenery is dramatic and stunning and just right there on top of you. The the beauty of the place is amazing. It's the Grand Teton Range or the Teton Range, Mountain Range and the Grand Tetons are three just incredible, very pointy kind of dramatic mountains that are higher than all the rest. And it just was beautiful. It was clean. It's fresh. Apparently, only 3% of the entire area is uh, allowed for the public to build on. Everything else is in some sort of uh, national park or a conservancy. Um, There's an elk um, preserve. And even some of that 3%, I gather it's close to 1%, is, is reserved for conservancy easements or something like that, where they allow the wildlife to meander on through. And I was there for uh, just under a week, and I want you to know I saw moose 15 feet away, standing right by the road, eating. I saw bighorn sheep. I saw muskrats. Um, I guess that's it, but just right there, just 10 feet, 15 feet from you. And it it's just magnificent. And it was a wonderful time to, to be with my family. And I wish all of us had this more often. It was the first time in a very long time that I'd done something like that with my kids and so special. So anyway... My time was great. I got a lot of rest. I didn't know, by the way, that Jackson Hole is at 6,200 feet and L.A. is at zero feet above sea level. You know, it's very close to sea level here anyway. And skiing on the mountain brings you up to 10,000 plus feet over sea level. 10,000 feet above sea level is almost two miles above sea level. So it was thin air. That was a bit of adjustment, but none of us got nauseated or headaches or anything like that. Just when we were skiing hard, we did get out of breath, which would be normal because we hadn't adjusted to it. But it was just just special. I just can't say enough. So, But I'm happy to be home. I love L.A. I love what I do and always come back from time like that fully refreshed and excited to get going. So anyway... Today, I have not had a healing request, so I'm going to finish up the polarity 
discussion. And then I'm going to do a healing regarding the, this last polarity that I'm going to talk about. And you'll see it's the rich poor polarity, <laughs> which is, I think, something all of us have some interest in, whether it's intense interest or even peripheral interest, but it's a very important one, and you'll see why. Now, I do want to say that if you want to call in, I want you to call 646-668-8565. I welcome callers. I'm always prepared to have the whole time to myself because being during the workday, a lot of people can't call in. And also, I think people have found the email way to contact me is a comfortable one. So I do get more emails for sure than callers in. But it doesn't matter to me either way, whatever works for anybody. And the email is Janet at JanetRichmond.com. So you can email me there. Again, it's Janet, J-A-N-E-T, at JanetRichmond.com. And you can email me or call in, ask a question, make a comment, give feedback, request a healing. Whatever you wish, you're not limited. Okay? So with that said... Uh, I'm going to continue with the polarity discussion. Now, for those of you who might be new, I want to just go over briefly what I mean by polarities. And it just simply means opposites. Uh, we are often conditioned to see the world in an either-or kind of viewpoint, like black or white, right or wrong, good and bad. And the polarity approach is is really significant because it's exclusive in nature. Now, what that means is if you are on one side of a polarity and you believe that side is the quote-unquote right side for whatever reason, the other side is automatically wrong. This results, guys, in conflict. It closes off understanding. It often closes off communication and resolution because we've created an opposite approach here. The other side is opposite from us. It is not where we are, and we can and do often look at the other side as wrong and bad and make judgments. Now, as we've talked a lot about on the show, beliefs also always act as limiters. They always act as limiters. They limit our, our expansion. So if we are locked into one side of the polar paradigm in any way, shape, or form, we are going to close off expansion for ourselves. Now, I have read this quote before, but I, I do like to do a little review for new people. And this is a quote from the higher selves, and, and they say, viewpoints are colored by the individuals who are viewing the situations and conditions. Now, that's pretty easy to understand. I think most of us know that. This coloration greatly alters the purity of what's being viewed as it is viewed through this discoloration and is accepted as either a belief or a unbelief or a disbelief. And so from this perspective, it could be said that nothing really is as it appears to be, for its appearance is based on the viewpoint of the one who is viewing it. And this is what happens when we when we get into those polar 
approaches. Wherever we're sitting, whichever one of the opposites we tend to be sitting on, that's our viewpoint. That's how we see the opposite. We see it as different. We see it as wrong. We see it as inadequate or whatever we're talking about related to whatever polar opposite that we are talking about. Now, I always approach these polar opposite talks and discussions with the idea that there's something in the middle ground and that we we want to get out of the rigidity of the polar opposites. We are, even if in this life we're, we're fairly accepting and comfortable with ideas that are not our own and we see things uh, that are opposite from our viewpoints as being valid for them and we, we have an expansive viewpoint in this life, even if we have that. What I wanted to say is that in other lives, we probably haven't had it, at least not every time. So we do carry, even no matter how expansive we are, no matter how accepting we are in this life, and people are becoming more and more accepting in society, and it's a very exciting thing, but no matter how expansive and accepting we are, we still carry all that old stuff, all those lives where we were in societies and cultures, in families, that were not accepting and we took on all of that just literally by role modeling and virtually by osmosis just living in those cultures so we carry at that energetic level at the soul level all of those polarities and so and whether we are aware of them now or not they do affect us they have an effect on what we manifest because what we manifest is mirrors all of our beliefs and we have a lot of conflicting beliefs and we're just we're carrying a lot of energetic baggage. And so when I do the healing today, as I said, I'm going to be working on the polarity that I'm this rich, poor polarity that we uh, I'm going to discuss in just a second. I really want us to work on both sides of the polarity. So let me get into the polarity first, right now. So the. Let me give you an analogy. Let's look at a seesaw. We all know what seesaws are, and I'm going to be using this this symbol for this financial polarity, the rich-poor, but you can really use it for any polarity. It, it's a great symbol and because you know it goes back and forth, and when one side is up, the other side is down, right? So let's just say at this moment, the poor you, is the down and you have the, your feet on the ground and the rich you is up in the air. It's not manifested or grounded in the reality. It is not part of your life. So this poor you is what is currently, if you're in that situation where you don't have enough abundance or financial security or you're not making enough money, whatever the, the situation is, this poor you is carrying the beliefs and perspectives from many, many lives that are colored with this poor me viewpoint. Now, for example, you could think and feel, I can't afford, I can't afford. How often do we say those words, I can't afford, I can't afford, okay? How about, I can't take the job I really want because it could never pay me enough, okay? 
okay, that makes a lot of assumptions, doesn't it? But we all have those kind of thoughts, don't we? Or many of us, I shouldn't say all. Or how about I have no value? Because of some, for some people, being financially secure and having some abundance in life is tied in with the self-value. So when we are in the poor you situation, we often think, oh, I have no value. Or I can't be a good provider. I'm worthless. I can't be a good provider. I don't deserve to have children or a significant other or whatever. Or how about this one? Ugh, I have to work harder than everyone else and I never get ahead. I never get ahead. These are some of the poor me kind of perspectives. And I'm just naming a handful. Trust me, there are hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands. <laughs> um, how about this? I have to have this job over here in order just to make it by, and I can't do what I really want to do. That one's pretty common too, isn't it? Now, there is also on the poor me side, that side of the seesaw where the feet are grounded in the poor me viewpoint, a tie-in often with poverty and spirituality. And I think I've talked about this before. It comes up because on this planet, the, the, uh, the idea of self-sacrifice, the idea of giving up all we have to help others is a big part of spirituality. The Mother Teresas of the world tend to be put up on pedestals. And so there is often a tie-in with poverty and spirituality, poverty and being a good person. And that's an arena which complicates the poverty side, the poverty polarity, because now we've connected it to feeling perhaps feeling good feeling good about ourselves. Well, we don't have the finance, we don't have the material comfort. We are self-sacrificing for others. And trust me, we've all been in lives like that. This is not something unusual and it's not something to that's far fetched. It's very real. So those are a few poor me kind of things. I don't want to I mean, I could go on forever because there's so many of that side where we don't have enough, where we feel stretched financially all the time, and we're always trying to juggle, and we're always struggling. That kind of viewpoint is part of what grounds us on that seesaw. We're down on the ground, and the rich me is in the air, and we can't relate to it. It's just airy-fairy. I can't imagine being wealthy, and blah, 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 blah. Now, what about the rich perspective? Let's just say that Seesaw, because there's some people listening to this show that are grounded on the rich side. Now, <laughs> in fact, both perspectives are limiters. Both sides of this polarity are limiters. And I can just hear some people thinking, because when I first learned about all of this and was brought to my attention, I'm thinking, rich is a limitation? Quote, you know, question mark? I don't really get that. So, but of course, it is. So let's just look quickly at some of the 
thoughts that the rich might have. Now, what about this kind of thing? I have so much money that I don't have to bother to work or develop my gifts and talents. What's the need? I can just have fun. All I need are the toys, all the toys that money can buy. I Or I've inherited my money, so I have little value and don't deserve the respect because I didn't earn it. That's another rich perspective. Different people would have different perspectives, so not one person would have all of the same ones. Or how about... I'm ashamed of my wealth as because it makes me look like I'm greedy or I'm like I'm a snob or like I feel I'm better than somebody else. How about this one? I'm afraid I might lose the money. And then if it did, if I did, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. So the feeling of being vulnerable. Or how about this one? I wonder if anyone likes me for me or do they like me only because I have money? Or how about this one? If I stop working 80 hours a week to have more balance in life, I'm going to lose all I have. I've got to just keep working my butt off. Now, here's the... So those are just a few, but here's another. There's also a spiritual tie-in with wealth. And that often is the opposite of the other tie-in because of the idea that people who self-sacrifice and give up all their creature comforts are the ones that are good and spiritual. So someone with money will think, gee, I guess because I'm rich, I can't be spiritual. Or people would perceive that person as not being spiritual because they have wealth. Now, there's also, with money, other tie-ins, and I want to just mention these briefly. The tie-ins are with, if you have money, you often, especially in some of the, many of the, the lives and the cultures and the societies that we, and still on this planet today, it's very obvious, but the tie-in is with power and control. If you have money, you have power Often, you have control, you are able to manipulate, you're able to get your way. Um, You also can move into the greed phenomenon. So this whole thing with money being the the seesaw tipping the other way is with the feet grounded in the I am rich polarity is complicated too. These two polarities are complicated and complex because they they have tendrils that connect the rich and poor elements to many other things. So I'll tell you something else what what ties in the wealthy and I think I've talked on this show because I had this in my one of my um I had one of my beliefs that if I had money I would be a target. So that's another one that's tied in. Because if you have money, if you have power, if you have control, if you have whatever, people want what you have. And so it can make you a target. Now, so at either end of the seesaw, no matter whether we're on the rich or the poor side, we are often insecure, fearful, self-defeating, unhappy, anxious, helpless, and even powerless. And we're stuck in that limited thinking. So... The 
Plus, it breeds conflict, discord, and and all of that, and it's all part of those soul scrambles that I've talked about. The other thing is that no matter what polarity we may stuck in, get stuck in at any time, we, we often have very negative experiences with that polarity. And so sometimes after a number of lives with negative experience in that particular polarity, we will choose to catapult ourselves to the opposite, okay? And we pick up a life or lifetime to make up for the first polarity, whichever one it is, or to atone for it because we come out of these things often with shame and guilt, you know, feeling so badly about ourselves. We didn't do it right. We we weren't what all we could have been, whatever. We come away from these lives all, very often, as you know, because you've heard the show, we've come away with so many self-judgments and unhappiness and dissatisfaction about ourselves. So we think, okay, I'm going to catapult myself to the opposite. And then, guess what? We go to the opposite and we often find that to be less than fulfilling because, again, it's a polarity. It's the opposite polarity. It isn't a balanced situation. And then often we go back to the first one. So we can flip back and forth. Now, So, if we're not happy with the other side of the polarity, where do we want to be? Well, let me give you an example. Um, Let me use the rich-poor thing. So, let's just say we've had many, many lives of living in poverty-type situations. For whatever reason, everybody around us has poverty, or we're in a society where it's the rich or the top 1% and everybody else is poor, or maybe there's some continuum where the rich to the poor and we just happen to be at the bottom. It doesn't matter. But let's just say we've had many, many lives living out of that poor poverty. And finally, you just get so tired of it. You get, there's upsides perhaps because maybe you find yourself being a Mother Teresa type. I mean, I'm literally making this up. And you are taking care of people and you're strong and you're healthy and you're able to give a lot. And so you feel very good about yourself. I just made that up. So there are elements of these poor lots that maybe you really have found some sort of inner peace or you found something that makes you feel good. And But the rest of it is very difficult. And you so you decide where you're going to catapult the next life. You're going, oh, I've had enough. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to have disease. You know, often when you're poor, you, you get a lot of diseases and you get little help with the diseases. So you you just don't want to do the poor life anymore. And you see in these lives the, the wealthy. You see the wealthy and how they live. And you want to try to experience that. So over you go, another life, and you do several, a life or five or 20 in the rich polarity. Now what happens is you just you figure out that it really isn't all that it was cracked up to be. We have, you know, the idealistic viewpoint of the rich perhaps. It's an idealistic view. Oh, my life would be so much better if I could just earn more money. If I could just get more money coming in. 
we that we all have that kind of thing. Well, next year, next month, next in five years, I'm going to be where I want to go, where I want to be. I, I'm going to have that kind of financial security. And unfortunately, even if we think that we see the light at the end of the tunnel, if we're stuck in the poor me viewpoint, the poor me part of the seesaw, chances are no matter how much money we bring in, we're still going to perceive it as poor me. Now, so again, whatever side of this belief system that you find yourself on, understand we have all we have both sides. We have all of us have both sides carried at the soul level from all the experiences we've had. And these things are creating all that we carry at the inner level is reflected in what we manifest on the outside. So no matter where we are in life, these things have an effect on us. It's hard to put your finger on it exactly because it's so complicated. There's so many aspects and there are positives in here also. So I only talk about the more negative viewpoints simply because I'm here to do a healing. So, but we have positive feelings about things as well. So it's complicated. It isn't clear. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of conflict. There's a, a lot of, you know, mixed feelings about things. And so that happens too in our outer reality. So sometimes we'll get a job or a project and we'll bring in some good money. And so we think, oh, great. And then the next six months we get very little. So we can go back and forth between because we carry both within our soul okay so where do we want to be okay and how do we get there okay well really we want to stand in the middle we don't want to be weighed down by all the beliefs on either side so you might think of it as being on the fulcrum of the seesaw there's a nice platform there and we're not stuck with one on one side or the other. We're standing in the middle between the beliefs and disbeliefs. Now, another way to look at this is that helicopter, and I think I've talked about that analogy before in the show, where we get into the higher viewpoint and we're not looking at life or who we are or what we do or the people around us through those lenses of poor me or rich me, whichever one. And that's where we want to go. Now, we want we want to see some alternatives because when you're stuck in one of those one either polarity, in fact, your viewpoint as the higher self is really clear on when I read that quote, th- that's where how you perceive the world. That's how you live your life out of the, that those whichever polarity. And again, we carry both, so again, it can be mixed. How do we move to that higher viewpoint, that viewpoint that is clear of the limiters that we carry about rich and poor, all those belief systems, all those experiences, all those emotional difficulties we've had with that, with either polarity? How do we get out of that? Well, you know the answer, guys, okay? (laughs) We neutralize. (laughs) So today, we're going to do a healing on both sides of the polarity, the sides where we've been poor and all of those kind of issues that have come up and the tie-ins, 
like I said, there's a spiritual tie-in often with the poor me, and there's other tie-ins too. I'm going to be interested to see what the higher selves bring in. Um, And then we're going to do the rich me and all of those tie-ins too. Now, I want you to understand that when we neutralize around the rich me, (laughs) I don't want you guys to think, ooh, I don't want to neutralize rich. I want rich. It's not neutralizing rich. It's neutralizing the belief systems about having wealth that we're going to be doing. It has nothing to do with being rich. And I use rich, you know, in a very easy way, meaning financial security, uh, financial abundance, and that kind of thing. We're not going to be neutralizing wealth. We're going to be neutralizing the beliefs about wealth because, believe it or not, even though we think in the conscious mind, boy, I want to have more money, I want to be comfortable, I want to have wealth, then I can really help others. I can donate to charities, I can set up a charity of my own, yada, yada, yada. But trust me, we all have resistance to wealth based on some very difficult lives when we were wealthy, where we were targets, where we misused our wealth, and then we have shame and guilt about it. Or we've seen others misuse wealth and be greedy and we don't want to be like them whatever the issue we have believe it or not we all have resistance to wealth so not only are we going to be neutralizing the the poor me viewpoints but we're also going to be neutralizing the resistance to the rich me okay now let's see I'm going to get started and just see where the higher self take me on it. And the I think you all know the drill. What we do is we get everybody get comfortable. I've already gotten some information from the higher self, and I'm, <laughs> things are already starting to come in. So I'm a little, um, okay, i got to focus here. We all want to take a few deep breaths. Make ourselves, excuse me, make ourselves comfortable. And, okay, we want to begin to focus. I'm I'm going to encourage everybody to focus on my voice. It helps bring us into the now moment. Let whatever distractions are around you just be in the background, the noises. And I encourage you to keep your eyes closed if you can. Sometimes you can't. And just allow the now moment to begin to pop up, okay? And that's what I'm seeing. And I'm seeing a lot of now moments popping up. If that is not working for you, there's also the technique where you can bring your mind's eye in and focus on the body, the position of your arms and legs and hands and feet, even the contact point between your body and the chair. And this also, and I saw the last few now moments pop up, so this is great. Now, we are all standing on that symbolic um, wagon wheel I often use, and we're We're all standing on the rim of the wheel. So we're all equal. There isn't anyone at the front or at the back, nobody higher than anyone else. It is all of us, all the listeners, past, present, and future, are now standing on the rim of this wheel, and it's really large. So um, not quite outside of my mind's eye, but it's got a lot. We got a lot of people here, guys. So now the. 
the next thing we're going to do is we're going to focus on this now moment. And because it's an energetic field, it is not like it doesn't have solid sides with that focus of attention, which is why we want to bring in the mind's eye. With the focus of attention, we can expand this energetic field and allow it to grow, to encompass more than just the now moment, to be, but to encompass the past nows and the future nows. And the totality of this moment as it expands is going to become incredibly large because it's going to expand and encompass the totality of all of our past nows from the moment in time we were first expressed as minerals into the mineral kingdom. Yeah, guys, it's big, it's huge. And on the, in the future nows, it is also expanding huge to expand to encompass the totality of our future nows. And keep in mind that the future nows are not definitive because the future is being created moment to moment to moment. And so at that end of the forever now moment that I call it, that end is constantly growing. It is almost bubbling, boiling. It's just actually very actively in the state of becoming. So it's a extremely large field. I see it, I call it the time-space continuum because the this, this is encompassing the space where we've all been from the beginning of our journey as minerals to the future now. And so we've all been on many, many hundreds, if not thousands of planets all through the universe. So I see this incredible energetic field that we're all encompassed in, literally spanning the universe. So that's the space part of the continuum. The time part of the continuum is that it's it's also contains the time eons and eons and infinite eons of time that we have all been in existence as expressions, as manifestations of the originating source of all there is. And so this time-space continuum or this forever now moment is gigantic. It's outside of my field of vision. You know, I don't mean real vision, but I can't even really get the ends. And it is spanning the universe. Now, this forever now moment, as you all know, is very important because it means that when we do the healing today, we are addressing the totality of our journey at the soul level. Not just this life, not just one past life, but the totality. And we're also addressing not only the soul mind, but the the physical, the physical experiences, the physical uh, bodies, even though we're no longer in those other bodies, we have had experiences that are addressed during the healing session. Now, when we do the work, there will be work done on all of it, the soul, the mind, the mind of this life, the soul is the minds of the past lives, So, and the physical bodies, all of our physical bodies. So it's a very... Uh, powerful healing and it encompasses the totality of our beingness so that's why we create this moment that's why we bring ourselves into this forever now moment to allow the healing to be as deep as possible 
Okay, now the next part of this is to use our focus of attention to focus on that beautiful pure soul essence light that we carry, that we are, that every soul carries from the moment in time. It was born as the, an expression, as a mineral. And this pure soul essence light, as, as we all focus on it, it's going to grow and intensify and begin to permeate the totality of the beingness that we are in this forever now moment. And this light is the divine light from the originating source. And it is everything that the originating source was, is, and is becoming. And it's only potential energy and potential help for us because it's divine in nature, guys. We have to invite it in to help us. It's so powerful, but until we give it permission, until we ask it to help, it isn't going to help us. And so, because it can't trespass, can't just come in and willy-nilly fix us. So that's what this focus does. This focus of attention on the pure soul essence is our way of giving it permission, of asking it to become part of the totality of who we are in a conscious manner. Okay? So... I'm seeing the light filling this forever now moment. All of you are doing a great job. It's very exciting. I see everybody moving into this state of becoming one where they're with their purest and most perfect and most potent point of power. It is absolutely amazingly bright and powerful and we have really stoked the fires just by focusing on that light i often use the symbol of a sun for those of you who are new just to use that as a symbol of the pure soul essence because it really connects us to the power of this pure soul essence that we carry it's just amazing and with that Mentioning that, I see the light even intensifying more. It's as if more have been able to really bring that focus of attention where they needed it to be. And so it's just amazing. And as I do, I see uh, often when we do this is I see other souls moving in to partake of this light. Being everything that the, pure, that the originating source was, is, and is becoming, it has something to offer for every soul. So souls that are ready to partake of this light for what in whatever manner and whatever aspect or part of the light they wish to take in and utilize, they come and and do just that. So we have literally we're feeding light or offering light to literally I mean, I'm terrible with numbers, but I, I know it's gotta be in the millions of souls. So it's just extraordinary. Just us little guys here on the radio are helping many in the universe. Now, the next part is for us to focus on our higher selves. This is part of ourselves that have evolved into the divine will, the divine will uh, arena. They've moved into the frequency of the fifth dimension. And there's much more to explain about the higher selves, but I'm not going to do it on this show, maybe on another show. But in any case, I just want you to know that they are part of you. They are. They have the seat within. This is, they're anchored within. They are part of you. And I want everyone to focus on that quote-unquote anchor or that connection to your own soul 
process that has already moved into the fifth dimensional realm. This is our way to activate the parts of ourselves that come from that divine well level. We also have to give them permission to come in and help us. And because they are us, it is a kind of help that is, it's not like looking external for some kind of help. You are utilizing the help that you you have brought in yourself, that you are. So, and it's some ways, it's easier to get information, to get an understanding or a sense of uh, expanded ideas and expanded energies and expanded everything because it's coming from us. It's it's part of us, so it's like us talking to us. So I want you to understand that this connection with the higher self is very important. Okay, also they know exactly where what it is that that we as souls need to continue our journey and our expansion because they are us. So they will always, as they always do, every divine energy, every divine, uh, any, anything from the divine levels are always working in the highest ideal, can never hurt us or harm us, mislead us, and they will lead me for this healing to help all of you in the highest ideal because not only are we becoming one, merging with and amalgamating with our own higher self, we are doing so with the conglomerate higher self, which means the higher everybody's higher selves are being merged with everybody. And this is important for me because I'm going to be getting threads that are very important uh, for the all of you. And the threads that will be given to me, the ideas, the things that I need to heal, will be coming from this conglomerate field leading me to help as many of you as I can in the highest ideal. So uh, it's very important, the conglomerate higher self. Now, the last step is to become amalgamated with the originating source itself. And the minute I said that, what happened is, and those of you who've heard me on the earlier shows, the we started getting this information, or I started getting this information about some dark energy, and I saw the forever now mo- moment moving into this dark energy field. Now, the dark energy field, please be clear, was nothing negative at all. It was part of the divine energy, but some, for some reason, the higher self wanted to separate it for me, to bring it to my attention, because dark was more like unknown or uh, not discovered yet or something. So the the forever now moment started moving into this dark energy field, and that energy was, as I got more and more information, it, I saw it as the womb of originating source because the energy was this creative life force energy that absolutely had this innate desire to create, to become, to express, to give birth to. And in fact, it was from this energy field that the originating source gave birth to the totality of the universe. Now, when we move into the field, this dark energy, we all carry creative life force energy. This isn't an energy that is that we don't know. 
that we don't have. We have the totality of originating source. But the originating source wanted to move us into this rich, rich, enormous soup kind of thing to accelerate the healing, to bring us to bring it to our conscious mind that while we're using light to dissolve and neutralize the patterns, this quote unquote dark light excuse me, this creative life force light is going to be processing simultaneously to build, to give birth to, to express, to bring ourselves to express the higher and higher frequency levels of who we are and to create ourselves at that higher level. So I can't keep track of the soul, mind, body simultaneously with the dissolving and neutralizing simultaneously with the rebuilding. But it, from time to time, I will, in the past, present, and future now, but from time to time, I will focus on the different elements. But I want you to understand that it is all happening at once. Okay. All right. Now, I see everybody on this wheel, this rim of this wheel. And um, just a second, I have to take my jacket off. I'm really warm. This energy is very warm. So um, I want all of you who's listening, even the future listeners, anybody who is listening to the archives or, and everyone who's listening live, I want you to think about not only yourself standing on the rim of the wheel, but anyone else that you know that have problems with this polarity, the poor me or the rich me, it doesn't matter. I want you to, to, and all those who are listening down the line, also, you can place people on the rim. It isn't just about right now as I'm doing it live, as you all probably know, um, since I remind you often. And the interesting thing is I do see Many, 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 many more people coming on the rim as all of you are going through your mind's eye, seeking and searching to figure out who wants to be on the rim, who needs to be on the rim to be part of the healing. The interesting thing is that the higher self actually pick things, these thoughts out of your mind before they actually come to your consciousness. So just the intention to put people on the rim brings people on the rim. Now, the other thing that's very interesting is, this This is the first, I'm seeing people on the rim that are being brought there by those who are listening live. And now I'm also seeing people, and they're, the, the higher selves are giving me a slightly different look. I'm seeing people who the future ne- future listeners are bringing in. So that's interesting. I never saw that difference. But there are many, many coming from the future listeners, and this wheel is growing in size. I mean, oh my gosh, it is definitely out of my visual realm or my visual field, and I can just sort of see my little portion of it where I'm standing and, uh, you know, the people sort of closer in to me. So, all right. Now, what we're going to do is... I want, you know, we have, we work with the hub of the wheel. We all are standing with a spoke moving from us to the hub. And I want to activate right away the rainbow bridge energy. The rainbow bridge energy is uh, does a lot of things. 
And one of the things it does is it activates uh, and connects our chakras with the originating source of all there is. And so that brings all of our chakras into the very highest state of efficiency that we can have in this moment. And the other thing that it does, or one other thing that it does, is also creates a bridge of sorts. All the different colors of our chakras join at the heart center and create a bridge. And we're bridging it as a spoke to the hub. And the this energy is carries perfect balance, and we cannot we can not only release our issues along that bridge, but we can also send and receive uh, a lot of the divine energies that we walk in work with. Um, okay, so what I'm seeing now is this hub, and it's just a beautiful uh, rainbow hub just beautiful colors and it's just like throbbing and it is going to be the center point where we're going to start to release the poor and the and the rich whatever comes up and so we're all going to be releasing our patterns symbolically onto this hub and then the light that that surrounds us that is us will be absolutely uh neutralizing whatever we release the dark light that works alongside it simultaneously will be rebuilding the positive emergence of who we are. So I'm just seeing sort of a symbolic conglomerate because I can't tune into each and every person. But because this is coming from the higher self, please understand that it's going to be relatable. It's going to be relevant to virtually all of us. So, okay. So right now I see a person, they're almost, it's symbolic, it's like one side is the rich and one side is the poor. I don't know why, but I see the poor on the left and the rich on the right. And it's it's just a symbol to, and, and immediately um, I'm seeing the light beginning to go to work. And it's working again, both on the past nows and the future nows, on the mind, the soul, and the physical body. Okay, so I'm starting with the poor me, and I'm getting someone who is just absolutely devastated, uh, crying. Um, the half of the body is just shriveled up, um, just a shadow of themselves. And this this side of this, this poor me side, and actually the higher self to help me, they've actually separated. The, so I now have two people. We have now one person who is uh, the poor me, and I have another person who is the rich me. So the rich me is sort of standing by the wayside while while I'm focusing on the poor me. And this poor me is, is actually just devastated, um, just suffer, the suffering. So as I now as I talk about these different issues, I want you to understand that the light is going to be all of your light. You can focus on the issue. Allow the light to move in and neutralize and dissolve the suffering. So there is so much suffering going on, so much suffering, and there's so much misunderstanding about the, the whole poor experience. It's just, and I, uh, this is interesting to me. So there the, the misunderstandings are just flying at me. I, I've just got to slow it down for a minute. Okay. Well, first of all, as 
you probably could guess, there's a lot of blame, blaming of the self, blame, you know, thinking that we're worthless, we're hopeless, we, we're losers, we're, we're unable to do what we need to do, you know, just what we've heard from parents, from teachers, from whatever, you know, over lifetimes, I'm not saying just this lifetime, but, you know, why are you such late? Why are you so lazy? Why do you pr- procrastinate? Why do you, uh, why can't you be smarter? Why can't you be more talented? Why can't you fix this? Why can't, whatever. We've been thrown out of so many judgments about ourselves that, and we've taken them in. And of course, we're our own worst critic. And so that's what's coming up is this, all of this misunderstanding that we were complete, uh, valueless, worthless, unable to, to make anything of ourselves. And often, making something of yourself, no matter what culture, has some financial uh, reward. And it may not be money, because we've all been in cultures where there was no money, believe it or not, where there was bartering or there was trade or there was, you know, you simply, if you were a good hunter, you had food to eat. So there was often, no matter what, some sort of, quote unquote, reward, some positive consequence for our developing ourselves but but so it's not just about money so what what we're doing now is we're we're working on all those things this is so big so um so we are carrying all of this low self-esteem low self-worth worthlessness and hopelessness real hopelessness and feeling powerless to to deal with it there's all these ideas of we've taken on the self-identity that we're losers and we can't possibly make make a go of whatever we're trying to do. And so that plays out in a society like we have where the financial the, the where the the positive consequence where the reward comes is financial. So we definitely want to work on this misunderstanding that we are worthless, we can never get that positive consequence, we can never earn the money. These are all misunderstandings because in fact we're so pure and perfect and beautiful and wonderful it's just we've taken on the coloration or the viewpoint from those who have viewed us as our own and so those are what we're neutralizing and i'm seeing this tremendous pulsing of light just it's not just dealing with the person on the hub but i see it moving into the past and the future now really working at the at the totality level of all of us at the soul level it is working at that totality level and just i see it almost like um those scrubbing bubbles as i've used that term before scrubbing away dissolving all the scum all the baggage all the the soulless, mindless, just no consciousness, because these are energy identities that we have built and that we carry at the energetic level. So it's just scrubbing all of that stuff away symbolically, dissolving it, and that stuff is moving into the light and being absorbed into the light, just flaking off, flaking off. And the, the, the other part is working to recreate and give birth to us at that higher level, having once being flaked up because all of that energy kept us small. All of those belief systems kept us small and and withdrawn. And uh, oh, I just see this 
sort of curled up kind of person that is now getting enough of that energetic weight scrubbed away that the other light, the creative life force is moving in and recreating or bringing the emergence of the more positive, uh, more um, self-worth, self-value, uh, self-esteem, and clearing away a lot of the self-identities where we just thought, well, this is who we are. We're doomed. You know, and even if we don't think it consciously, it is there. Okay, so now there's more here, guys. This is probably going to be a long healing. Okay, so all right. Um, all of those issues about I have to work harder than anyone else. All the self-sacrifice, all the struggle pattern is now coming into play. I am seeing the 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 toil, the toil, the the work, just working the fingers to the bone, um, at dying early. I see early death. I see um, because there's no balance, there's no joy, there's no love. It's just work, and that's just a, ma- uh, a matter of survival in a lot of cases. And so there isn't that positive consequence so much other than maybe with all of the work that you're doing you get to eat or maybe you get shelter but that's it it's the basics it's the and and the minute you don't work for whatever reason maybe you get lame or you, you know you break a bone or whatever and some reason you can't work it's as if everything is lost and then you become worthless to the family so that's a part of it too, getting hurt, getting getting um sick, getting old. Now old probably was like thirty-five <laughs> in this kind of scenario that I'm seeing. So there's just this tremendous amount of struggle going on where the reward is virtually so basic that there's no room to ex- even experience a more positive outcome where you were allowed to be sick for a week and you still had food in your mouth. Um, And so I see a lot of people being uh, literally exiled, left to die. Oh, this is just really ugly. Um, But this kind of thing definitely goes on and has gone on in many arenas of this world, let alone other worlds. So we want to neutralize all that struggle, all that being a that the all those issues of being abandoned because we no longer can keep up this constant and chronic work it is it is so debilitating so the whole part of the debilitation is coming and all of those emotional things uh attached to this the the despair that that comes up the despair because life is so joyless life is so meaningless life is so um unrewarding and so there's tremendous amount of despair and agony that's tied in here and um so we all of that is being scrubbed away too and i'm beginning to see the emergence of the idea that life can be uh something different the 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 hope i'm seeing hope come up because there was no hope in this these kind of lives there was just very very little hope okay so 
All right, now. Okay, now we're getting the connection, connecting link, that tie-in with the whole idea that the way to be spiritual is to give up all that you are. Give up your ego, give up your comfort, give up your, uh, give yourself up, and give up even relationships. This whole thing is uh, part of the self-sacrifice um, issue that we have very prevalent on the planet in different religions, the the martyr type things, the all of that is part of what's coming up now. And so I'm I'm seeing again much is much in this conglomerate symbol is being worked on the whole idea of self-sacrifice, the whole tie-in that in order to be a good person, in order to be spiritual, uh, one has to give up who who they are, give up um, the idea that they are um, their own uh, directing identity, their their own purity and perfection, and that often this is tied in with the idea that something outside of them is more powerful, and if we just give up our will, we give up our ego, and we follow the will of whatever uh, spiritual... Um, you know, God was, depending on the culture, that also is part of that. And so this is also being worked on. This is so interesting. I didn't think this would come up, but it is. So, guys, it's just scrubbing away the whole idea that we're so worthless that we have to follow somebody else's will or something else's will or some uh, God's will that we, we can't even have... Um, any, you know, that we have to do the whole humility thing, and this is part of it too. And humility and ego are another polarity, and um, so I want, I'm wanting to work on that as well. Higher selves, please bring in the if it isn't already, and it is. So we're having energy that's working on the humility and ego polarity, because again, there's a balance. It isn't about giving up either one. We want to find that balance. And the belief systems that are tied to either one of those polarities are all coming into play here. So we we really are working very hard. I see a lot of energy. Um, I actually see people. I see. I see. You know that the image when somebody dies and it's such a difficult thing for some people that they go into a state of like keening where they just are out loud crying and moaning and screaming and devastation and guess what I'm seeing that too it's really um upsetting but I'm sure we've all been there I mean even if you don't have any conscious recollection in this life honestly um We've been there in other lives, so I'm seeing this whole keening thing, and it's just tied into the devastation that surrounds us, the loss pattern, because when you're in a poverty, poor me situation, it means you're going to lose people, you're going to lose loved ones, you don't have the money to bring your children to a healer or a doctor, you don't have the money for the food, and your children literally can starve to get to death. So you have not only the loss of family members and of loved ones, but you carry along with that keening the 
this feeling of guilt. It's your fault. Again, we're the loser. We're the we're the one that is so worthless we couldn't get it to work. And so it's, again, all that self-judgment, that self-hatred even, that self Hatred, just hatred, just feeling this intense self-hatred and I want it to be released. Whether we can relate to it in this life isn't important to me, but we carry it in there somewhere and it is holding us back from properly loving ourselves. So even if it's some small little part of us, medium or large, it doesn't matter. Everybody, we want to work on that self-hatred and the devastating grief, sorrow, agony, and all the love that we have experienced in those very difficult, poverty-stricken lives. And again, I'm seeing a lot of energy working to, it's just like more and more stuff comes up, more and more scrubbing goes on, and more and more of that rebuilding. And so that poor person symbolically is really changing its look to me. Uh, as the energies move out into the past nows and the future nows, and the scrubbing is going on sort of right here on the hub, um, I am seeing, just like a phoenix, out of the debris, out of all of the stuff that's been, the weight that has been scrubbed off, that's now falling into the light, being neutralized and dissolved, now it's as if the real us can come up the real who we are without the weight and the burden of all that energetic baggage that we've carried for eons of time. Now, keep in mind that one healing in the radio is not necessarily going to dissolve the entire package, but we've really gotten to a lot, and I see the this emergence of someone symbolically, because it's all of us, the emergence of someone who is more comfortable with themselves, less self-attacking, less self-appreciating, less self—I mean, more self-accepting—and so all of this is is starting to work. In, and I'm seeing the the divine material balance moving in through and around this image and creating the whole um, a new energetic field of material balance. It's really quite beautiful and powerful and the it's as if we've shed a skin of this old picture and what has emerged out of this skin is something stronger, healthier, uh, more balanced, more harmonized, closer, more self-connected, closer to who we truly are and it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. I I do also need to work on the rich side. Um, So what's happening now is the higher selves are shifting my focus from this emergence. And I want you all to know that the energies are going to still be working over there, even though my focus of attention is going to be now on the rich part, okay? So the rich part is presenting in a very different way to me. It's, again, a a uh, separate um, oh, this is interesting this is really interesting guys okay the poor me I saw as a female 
the rich me I'm seeing in a male form. Now, again, it's just a symbol and it's not locked in. But my guess is, uh, or what I'm sensing here, is that it's often the male. Uh, because I think we've been in way more societies that were male-dominated than, than female, the societies were, that were female-dominated. And this is connecting the wealth and the power with the male because the male dominance, they tended to have more of the wealth and power. So it doesn't mean that we didn't have it as females. But, of course, we come in as both male and female. So, But what's interesting to me is it, it almost, and I had a very similar myself, conflict with my male side, and I'm pretty sure I've shared it with you guys. Um, I think it's interesting because it's really this whole rich-poor thing is bringing in the conflict between our male and female sides of our soul, I mean, our soul nature. So this is really interesting. So I think that this healing is also going to help us with that male-female polarity or discord or conflict. So this let me describe now what I'm seeing as the male side. First of all, the male side is standing tall, much taller, uh, but there he's just exuding arrogance. That's the first thing that I picked up, arrogance. Arrogance and uh, completely like he has all the answers, he knows it all, he's got the power, he's got the wealth, and he can do whatever he wants. Okay, now, again, remember, it's just a symbol. Most of you probably cannot relate to it at any level, but if I'm getting it, that means that we're all carrying it in some way. So let's not worry whether or not it relates to our life. If, If it's coming up, it's underneath, and it's operating in its own strange way. So, uh, it's having a power, powerful effect. And so I want to, and I'm seeing, I want you to bring to your attention that energy is already starting to work on the arrogance because the arrogance is part of the rich pattern because in many societies, if you were wealthy, if you were rich, and whatever wealth was determined, because it wasn't always money, keep in mind, it could have been the number of wives you had. It could have been the um the number of the 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 territory you uh were in charge of or had um power over it could have come from any oh and interesting i do see a tie in to the to the our animal past lives <laughs> interesting guys so because the animal nature definitely deals with territory and when we move into the human kingdom um which will be explained a lot when you read my next book Um, When we move into the human kingdom, we carry much of that animal nature with us. And so in the early part of our journey through the human kingdom, we are playing out of much of the animal nature. And it takes eons of time in the human kingdom to begin to grow the awareness and move into the higher levels of uh, human consciousness awareness. And uh, But most everybody who... uh, who's listening to the show, has already moved to very high levels, frequency levels. However, it doesn't mean we don't still carry that animal nature. So that actually is being healed as well, because I see that in the past now. There's a lot of energy working on the animal nature when we were animals. Very interesting. Love this. 
Love this work. Haven't seen that quite in the same way before. But it's also working on all of our experiences throughout the human journey. So it's really working on this whole thing of power, the arrogance related to the power, and that the only way to have any quote-unquote control was to have the wealth and have the power. And so there's a lot of misunderstandings underneath all of this, too, uh, because in the societies where that was bred, so to speak, where those ideas were taken on, were societies that were very hierarchical, and at the top were those who had the wealth and power, and also often, most often, and especially in the olden times, misused the wealth and power. So all of that is carried in there. The whole misunderstanding that this is what you do when you have wealth and power, you misuse it. You, uh, this is the, and also there's the idea of safety. So these people who have the wealth and power also are no dummies. They see the lower echelons of the society and how much suffering is going on. And there's fear there. They don't want to become that way. So they do whatever they can. They manipulate. They uh, scheme. They do all sorts of things. We've all been in those kind of societies to not only keep what they have, but just to be safe. They want to get more. So this is where the whole greed thing comes into play, the tie-ins with the whole greed. And then, but underneath, I want you to understand, underneath, there's also shame. Because at some level, when we are in those kind of positions, we don't feel good about ourselves. We try to shut that out. We try to put it in the box. We try to stuff it down. We try to cope. We try to work around. We try to avoid looking at those kind of things because the fear overcomes the shame, the fear that we don't want to find ourselves below, that vulnerability, what if we lost our wealth, our power, and so underneath, all that vulnerability is being worked on, too. That fear, that fear of who will we be, what will happen to us if we can't, you know, if we fall out of favor, you know, that's big. If we fall out of favor and what we do to keep in favor is, you know what we do? We throw other people under the bus. That's what we do. We want to keep the favor. So if there's some problem, we make it seem like it's somebody else's caused somebody else caused it whoa this is big i didn't know all of this would come out guys but there's energy just working 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 on this and it's really working on the past now because we have been in just eons of lifetimes like this and if we haven't been it's it's in some of the times we weren't in lifetimes where we were the rich and the powerful we were in lifetimes where we saw the rich and the powerful and so we are carrying it from both viewpoints that the rich and powerful are horrible and terrible and look at all the terrible things they do. And then we also carry the viewpoint where we were rich and powerful, where we're so afraid. What if we lose that power, that wealth, that favor? What if we do? Then guess what? We're going to be like those others that are suffering 
in the lower echelons, the serfs, you know, the slaves, the, the whatever. So there is just this great discomfort on both sides of the polarity here, and the viewpoint of the other side is, uh, again, colored by each viewpoint and lack of understanding. There's a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings here. Those in the poorest position would never for a million years think that the rich were afraid that they were vulnerable, that they were doing all they could to protect themselves and their families, and <clears throat> which was one of the reasons that they just kept taking and taking from the poor, whether it was conscious or not. It was a lot of what was underlying all of that behavior, as well as the societal belief systems that made it not only right, but expected. And we've seen enough movies, we've read enough books, we know this goes on, we know it has gone on. And so there's but there's just so much much misunderstanding about the other side. So I'm seeing a lot again, a lot of the issues about this being scrubbed away by the energies and the the there is a beginning, I guess I haven't finished, the emergence uh, of the shift in the the rich side. But let, there's more here, more on the wealthy side. So let's just take a look. Um, okay, now this is interesting. Never thought I would see this for a million years, but here it is. I also see a sense, because we're getting rid of the arrogance and all the fear underneath there and all of that, okay? Underneath, or another part of this pattern, is the sense of, responsibility when you have money. So there are wealthy people in many times, many paths, that felt they were, because they had the privilege and the wealth, they needed to do for others. And to, but there was sort of this very deep sense of guilt because they never felt they could do enough. So on the one hand, there was a sense of responsibility and sometimes an over-responsibility, um, a sense of it's up to me and if I don't help, they're doomed. So there's no real sense that each person is their own directing identity and have chosen whatever road that they're on for whatever reasons they've chosen it. So there are some that carry the burden of over-responsibility. Now, who knew about this? But you could understand if you have experienced lives like that where you have felt that it's up to you to feed the poor, to feed the hungry, I mean, help the poor, uh, bada, 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 and you don't do it, you would carry this, also this cloak of guilt and shame or if you didn't do it enough because a lot of us carry a really high bar of perfection. It's really pretty typical. So no matter how much we did, if we most of the time we never reach that bar and all we can see is the half empty. And so we pour on ourselves. So this would be part of resistance of why we wouldn't want to be rich. Of course, it would be at the unconscious level. 
because we felt that burden a tremendous amount. We felt the weight of the responsibility and the guilt for feeling we messed up. And so that would mean at the soul level, we have resistance of being wealthy again. We just have resistance, guys. And so that's what's being neutralized is the belief that if we have comfort, that we have to save the world. If we have wealth, we have to do it all. We're now responsible for the humanities. Now, it does, what I'm not trying to say is that we can't do for others and help others, but I'm, we're working on the extreme beliefs that create the over-responsibility pattern, the over the burden of shame and guilt that we carry because we don't do as much as we could have, where we take it on as like a dagger in our hearts. That's what I feel. It's like we we just take it on because we all have had times where we have had wealth that we wanted to help. But, you know, you're in times of war, you're in times of disease or, you know, uh, the weather is crazy and there's not enough food. They're in times where no matter what you do, you can't do as much as is needed. And for those those times when we have those really high bars and we couldn't do as much as was needed, we just we literally kind of fell on our sword. It's my fault. I didn't do enough. And so I really want that. To, I want everyone to, to direct the energy, and it's really going well. I'm seeing a lot of scrubbing bubbles. Everything is just being dissolved. Not everything, because we can't get to everything, but a lot of this is being scrubbed away. And with that, I am seeing now a part of the, the, the reemergence is coming up more accepting of of being okay because even the arrogant side as I said was coming much from a place of vulnerability and fear and you know it's kind of a it's a way to say you know I can do it you know and you didn't you know it, it it's it, it's a byproduct but underneath it all is is all that fear. So, but now that we've gotten to this other resistance, this resistance of having to do it all and taking on the responsibility for the world, and in some cases it might have only been a village or a, a family or two, or maybe it was a whole uh, small town. I mean, I don't know. Everybody would have had different scenarios of where this feeling played out or how this pattern would have played out, but we've had a lot of it. So I just um, I keep getting beeps, and I don't know what they're from. But in any case, um, with that, with our neutralizing of that pattern, bringing it into consciousness, and watching the scrubbing bubbles start to neutralize. Now, if any of you on the rim think of anything else that I'm not working on, you throw it in. You're your own directing identity. I don't have time in one radio show to do, to do everything. What I'm doing is what the higher selves are leading me to. Much of it is because we might not have thought of it. I mean, who would have thought of this second thing, okay? I would not have thought of it right off the bat, maybe in time. But they are getting at patterns that are big and deep and maybe not held in our immediate consciousness. So it's going to help us get a jump start. But certainly throw in anything else. Okay. 
All right, immediately what I'm saying saying now is another aspect of this rich thing, and it kind of ties in with both of the other two, and that is I don't have enough. I'm not enough as a person, and I don't have enough. And this, too, comes from a sense of fear. The whole thing about I can't afford, uh, I don't have enough, um, if only, the if onlys, the what ifs, and the projection down the line, I'll have enough then. And so it keeps placing the then in the future now, and we are always reaching for it. It's always going to be there if we just work hard enough, do enough, uh, yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean. So that is apparently a very important pattern. The I can't afford, I don't have enough, I'm, uh, or it's, I, I have to work harder than anyone else. The, the whole idea that sometimes Part of it is that I'll never get ahead, and that we want to work on. But I also see the whole thing where we place it in the future now. Then I'm going to have enough. And what it does is, as you probably know, most of you would know, is it places it in a place of waiting, and it's in the future. Now, that is a pattern in itself. And so what happens is, as our future unfolds, it gets it continues to be in the future. We continue, if we have that belief system that it's going to come in the future, then that's what we keep manifesting. And what we have in the present is not enough. We don't see it as enough. We don't see it as being happy and comfortable and uh, the wealth that we have. We're focused instead on what we don't have and that it's going to come in the future and that will continue to repeat itself so we are we are love you higher self anyway so what we're doing guys is we're going to be neutralizing the waiting pattern that it's going to be in the future because that keeps our focus of attention out of the now out of the appreciation of where we are the higher selves have told us often we need to love who we are and where we are in this moment right now. And so we are going to be neutralizing the whole thing about down the line, I will have made it. I will be able to afford. I will uh, be happy. Uh, I will get the financial uh, uh, abundance that I've been wanting and the waiting pattern and that it's in the future. And so I'm watching the future now, so to speak, and the past now because we've had that whole waiting thing. Every We've had it probably virtually every life that in the down the line in a week, a month, a year, it's going to be better. And so what we're doing is we're neutralizing the future orientation that we all carry. Whoa, who knew this would go here? That's what we're doing. We're neutralizing, scrubbing away, dissolving, freeing up all that emotional viewpoint and energy and belief system that places our well-being, our happiness, and our satisfaction, our self-acceptance in the future somewhere. We don't want that. We want it right now, guys. We want to feel good about ourselves right now. We want to feel how enriched we are right now in in this moment, in this day, in this week. We want that. We We don't want that future orientation. So that's what's being worked on. And now, whoa, 
now I'm seeing that arrogant male thing, uh, symbol. Um, first of all, it was so tall that when we did the first thing, I saw it start to shrink. It was as if that whole arrogance got peeled away. It was just a layer to hide to uh, not only from others, but to the self, hide the fear, hide the vulnerability. So that arrogance with the vulnerability and the fear and all that we worked on related to that starting being dissolved, that facade, that arrogance didn't have a reason to be there anymore. So that too was able to be dissolved, that whole pattern of arrogance. So um, so I saw the the symbol of the man get smaller, uh, not quite so tall and arrogant, but got sort of more normal, okay? It didn't get smaller in a lesser sense, but more, less puffed up, so to speak, okay? So it wasn't having to put, you know, it was like the the lifts in the heels to make you look taller got taken out. And so now you're your normal height. <laughs> I know it's a silly analogy. But anyway, then with the second one, I saw it again become more self-accepting, more um, shorter as if there was another pair of lifts, another uh, another part of the puzzle that kept the male nature, the male side looking and not fully uh, connecting with the true self. And now with this one, this sense of the waiting for the future, the future now, instead of being in the center, that brought the man into a the emergence of the man, the male uh, figure here, is now one that has real inner strength not the projected pretense of arrogance and I'm, um, you know, I'm better than you kind of thing. Instead, there's real strength here, and I see what's emerging, and it's still the energy is still dissolving, it's still working, and I have a feeling that there are people in the circle that are throwing things in because I do feel like there's stuff, other stuff being worked on that I haven't talked about. So I'm thank you all because it's helping all of us. This is the way we the higher self has set it up. So anything that anybody else throws in that I haven't talked about. Uh, it's helping all of us. So I really appreciate it. So I'm seeing all of this stuff just fall right into the light, being dissolved, uh, stuff that I don't know about in the higher self. They're indicating they don't need to tell me about it all. It's all helping. And the um, the emergence of the male side is just so great because it's this this sense of completeness and wholeness um, that... I really, it's really powerful. There's an inner strength here now. And the the female side, which is so interesting, is also feeling so much more complete and whole. And both sides are self-accepting. And they both are being filled with this divine uh, material balance. Because that's basically what we're working on here is material balance. Now, keep in mind that material balance isn't only about finances. It's literally about the manifesting of the abstract into the concrete to materialize, 
So when that's brought into balance, guess what? We're not only materializing finances, we're materializing our gifts and talents in a, in a state of balance. We're materializing our relationships in a state of balance. Whatever we materialize is going to be coming in in that balanced manner. That's what this energy works for. But it also plays out through the financial realm, the actual materialized, or whether it's a home, whether it's money, whether it's food, it works in that kind of area too. So it is very powerful energy, and I work with it a lot. I utilize it a lot for myself and for others. So now I'm seeing these two symbolic figures of the female and the male. The female, I really feel, is bringing, is carrying a lot of that spiritual sense, and I, I know male natures are very spiritual too. This is not meaning that it's an either-or, so let's not go there, guys. But the whole thing about the self-sacrifice and feeling spiritual, just in the symbol at least, is part of the female side. So it doesn't mean that males aren't spiritual, so please do not go there. But I'm feeling this connection this very solid connection with the spiritual side, the goodness side, the um, the self-accepting side, that at the same time you can be spiritual and happy. You can be spiritual and fulfilled. You can be spiritual and have material uh, comfort. You can be spiritual and have relationships. You can have good in your life. And in fact, the higher selves have always told us to be material to be spiritual to be okay i can't remember the quote but in any case if to be focused solely on the, the spiritual without bringing in the material but material comfort is as out of balance as if you're focused just on the material and you don't do any spiritual the important thing is to find the balance so i'm finding that these two sides are becoming very very balanced very balanced. And now, of course, thank you, higher self, what they're doing is they're merging the two. They're merging the two, which, of course, is what we want. It isn't about just one, you know, the female side being spiritual and the male side being not being spiritual. So we are now symbolically merging the two. And what I'm getting now is this beautiful energy field, this beautiful sense of wholeness and completeness, where this symbolically the image is now standing really um, in this light of self-acceptance and this light of self-love. There's energy still working. There's actually still healing going on. I'm feeling a lot of stuff from the heart area because there's been so much sadness and grief and sorrow and agony and despair. We have very, very deep layers of those emotions. So I am feeling some of that come out. But we've done enough so that I, the higher selves are indicating that there is now a significant uh, connection between these two parts of ourselves, which is important because this is just a symbol, but I want you to understand that it's moving. This this whole concept, this whole energy field of merging and self-acceptance and becoming one with the with the wholeness of the self, both the female and the male nature, is permeating the forever now moment. It is moving into the 
the totality of our soul process. It's not to indicate that we have no more baggage, that we're completely done, but it's to indicate that we have done some very powerful work today and this healing has been deep and um, really good for all of us guys. So, huh. with that, the higher selves, um, very gently, it's just amazing, but very gently they're beginning to close the forever now moment. They understand, and instead of encompassing each person in their own uh, cocoon, they're doing something different today, they're encompassing the totality of all of us within the same kind of cocoon. Um, I'm trying to understand what's going on. Uh, What they're indicating to me is that we have created a an energetic connection between all of us because I gather there's a um, there's there's like a group that we're we've just become like this group of souls that are connected in this way, helping one another, moving forward, committed to not only unraveling and dissolving and uh, our patterns to become more of who we can be, but we're also committed in the higher sense of um, of helping others and of sharing the information and energies with others. And we all are doing it in different ways and different timing. There's no one right way, and I don't want anybody to begin to feel like somehow they aren't doing their part because everybody simply by being a listener, even once, is part of this group. So that's what I'm getting, is that there's almost this cocoon coming around all of us. It allows us all to continue to process. It allows us all to create this kind of support system that we've developed. This is so weird, guys, but cool. Uh, Weird only that I haven't seen it like this before, but I'm, as you know, I'm pretty open to things that come in. The but it's creating almost we now have a radio hub <laughs> listeners on the radio and um okay now what they're I'm seeing is that a lot of the listeners over time are gonna create their own individual hubs. I have a hub here, you know, where I have a meetup and I have uh private sessions and I have my books and everything. I have other hubs going on, other connections with people, and that's what's happening is that the energies of this group are going to permeate what every individual is developing and doing. So every individual could be doing very, very different things. There's just no, there's no limits. And so we're sharing with each other and we're helping with the creation of uh, the hubs or the expansion for each and every one of us on the rim. It's exciting. It's really exciting. Wow, who knew? And I really, um, I'm feeling so much better. That energy that came around and surrounded us, it really cleared for me a lot of the residue of what I was going through. I hope it has done that for you. And just know that we are part of a group and we are connected and we have these, even though we come in and we have the wheel with the spokes and the hub for the show, in essence, we've created the energetic wheel connecting all of us and each of us standing on the rim also has a hub that we're standing on. It could be a hub of two people. It could be a hub of 
30 people or a hub of 3,000 or 3 million people, it doesn't matter. We are all connected to one another at the conscious level, and we are uh, therefore bringing in the and activating and have activated these very powerful connections and help for one another. So, hey, that was a pretty cool thing. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to end. I do feel less exhausted than I normally do. I mean, sometimes I just come out, I'm in la-la land. I feel a little bit more together now than I had before. So I want to um, say thank you to everybody who's listened, who's part, been part, participating in the healing. And we're all connected now, guys. We're all in the same cocoon, so to speak. And the... I do see the forever now moment. It's 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 kind of it's not closed completely. It's very interesting. It's as if it's kind of waving around us uh, gently. It's just like this gentle space that we're all in. And I'm not sure when we come back next week exactly what I'm going to be seeing. So it's. To be determined, guys, to be announced, you'll see next week what this energy field, how it's going to grow and develop. I just know that I appreciate each and every one of you from the depths of my being, and it's just this huge opportunity for me to grow, expand, and to learn. Now, I do want to just say, again, if anybody wants to reach out for whatever reason, you can email me at Janet at JanetRichmond.com. Janet at JanetRichmond.com. Pretty easy. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye to everybody and wish you wonderful weeks. And now that we're going to be standing in the center and not living out of the future now, <laughs> let's see what happens. Maybe you guys will share some some of your experiences with me on the email. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.